This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Unschooling Scholars. Scholars, episode 13. Uh, today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. And for those that don't know, today is um, Passover, which is also uh, named the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we're going to be talking a little bit about both of those today. That's what the show is going to be about. Um, so we're going to do something a little different than we normally do. We're going to kind of do a lesson rather than just talking about homeschooling. <clears throat> excuse me we're just gonna um you know give a little a crash course on passover so i asked the kids earlier today if they knew um what the passover was and they said no they, they didn't know so this is going to be a good lesson for them um, and it was good for me just to kind of you know refresh my memory and you know kind of go over more detail um and we're also like i said going to be talking about unleavened bread and we've been baking a lot of bread here at home so um, we're going to make this tonight for dinner after we get off the podcast here. So um, if you would, please just bow your heads. I'm going to go ahead and just open us in a quick word of prayer to get us started. <clears throat> uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight humbly to um, just thank you for all of the many blessings that we have, Lord. Um, we know that today is Passover, Lord. Um, it's in a very special day and a special place in our hearts, Lord. Um, I just ask that you be with us here tonight, Lord, and guide us um, so we can share your word, Lord, and we can share uh, what today is all about. Um, and we just want to take a quick moment to just um, share a little Passover blessing. <clears throat> uh, tonight, we remember that we were once slaves, struggling under unbearable burdens. Tonight, we remember that we were rushed toward freedom so fast that there was no time for our bread to rise. Tonight we remember that we stood at the shore, facing a sea in front of us and an army bearing down on us. Tonight we remember that the sea parted and we marched to the far shore. Tonight we remember that we danced in celebration, even as we didn't yet know our future. Tonight we also remember there, there are over 60 million fleeing repression and danger, running from their homes, facing unbearable choices. Our ancient story is a day-to-day -day reality for far too many people. Once we were slaves, now we are free. Now we are obligated to help others who face oppression, who are hungry, who are seeking a safe haven. Blessed are the refugees. May they be kept safe. May they find deliverance. And may we be strengthened in our efforts to aid and support and champion them. Blessed are you, our God, source of our strength and welcome. In your son Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so those that just joined, hello and welcome. Um, I don't know if you heard, but we're gonna do um, a little uh, a little history yeah. over Passover, what it means and what um, unleavened bread means. Today is the Passover, it's the start of Passover. Um, it begins today, Wednesday, April 5th, and it will end on Thursday, April 13th. Um, and this is also referred to as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So, um, I asked the kids again if, if they knew what Passover was or what unleavened bread was, and uh, they they didn't know. So, Livy, do you want to just take a guess on what unleavened bread means? Bread. Well, yeah, it's bread, but what kind of bread? Um, 
don't know. Okay. What about you, Keaton? What is it called? Unleavened bread. Unleavened? Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I actually, didn't, I actually don't know either. Okay, do you want to take a guess? What do you think it could mean? Unleavened. So, um, like, um, uh, I don't really know. Okay. What about you, B? What do you think it means, unleavened um, bread? I think, I don't know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you guys the answer. So unleavened bread means a bread that doesn't rise. You know how when we make our sourdough and the bread rises, we have to wait for it to rise? Mm -hmm. Well, unleavened bread means bread that has no leaven in it. Leaven is a yeast. It, it rises the bread. It makes it get puffy and, and soft and all that. So um, we're going to learn why they had to have unleavened bread during the Passover. And it's actually a really good story. So um, in, in Bible class, you all learned um, about Moses, right? And how the, the Israelites were being held slaves in Egypt. You all learned about that, right? No, we learned about we haven't learned um, about that yet. We, okay. We're now learning. We've been learning about Abraham and his family. Okay. <clears throat> well, in the Bible, um, God's people they were held captive by Egypt, and so Moses went in and he was trying to get them to be set free, and God talked to Moses and. Um, you know, he, he was saying, go to the Pharaoh and tell him this and tell him that. And the Pharaoh just refused to set the people free. So, um, so, um, God sent many different things. He sent frogs and, and pestilences and, and just locusts and all of these different things to try to get the Pharaoh to release the Israelites. And the Pharaoh just kept saying no. So um, it says, this is from Exodus 5 through 7. It says, one day a messenger told Pharaoh, two Israelites want to see you. And the king said, bring them in. The messenger returned with Moses and Aaron. They told Pharaoh, the Lord God of the Israelites had said, let my people go and they may worship me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh answered, who is the Lord that I should obey him? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let the Israelites leave the country to worship him. Moses and Aaron answered, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let his people go on a three-day journey into the wilderness to worship him. If you refuse, there will be sickness and death. Pharaoh only frowned and replied crossly, Why are you trying to take the people away from their work? Get back to work, both of you, and let the Israelites alone. With these words, he sent Moses and Aaron out of his court. At this time, the Israelites were making bricks and building houses for the Egyptian rulers. To hold the clay together for the bricks, they used chopped straw. Now Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters, Do not give the people straw to make brick anymore. Let them find the straw. But be sure they make as many bricks as before. That will keep them so busy they'll not have time to think about going away to worship their God. Now the Israelites had had more trouble than ever. Of course, they could not gather straw from the fields and still make as many bricks as before. Then the taskmasters beat them. The people told Moses and Aaron, You promised to leave us out of Egypt, and you are only making more trouble for us. How sorry Moses was. He loved his people and wanted to help them. Moses asked the Lord, Why did you send me to Pharaoh? He will not let the people go, and he's making life more miserable for them. And the Lord said, I am God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have heard the cries of the Israelites, and I will free them from the Egyptians. Moses went to encourage his people, but they felt so downhearted that they could not listen to him. Then God said, Speak to Pharaoh again and show him the signs I have given you. But Moses answered, If my people won't listen to me, surely Pharaoh won't listen either. Moses was ready to give up because Pharaoh would not let the people go. He did not understand God's plan. The Lord told Moses, You seem like a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron will be your prophet. Pharaoh will hear your words, even though he refuses to obey me. Moses took Aaron and went again to walk with Pharaoh. Now Aaron had in his hand the rod Moses had brought from the wilderness. When Aaron threw the rod to the ground, it became a snake. Pharaoh sent for his magicians. When they came, they too threw their rods before Pharaoh. Their rods had also become snakes, but Aaron's rod swallowed their rods and became a harmless cane in Aaron's hand again. 
Even after Pharaoh saw this, he would not listen to Moses and Aaron or believe their sign. And the next morning, God sent Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh again. This time they met him on the bank of the river Nile. Because God had sent them, Moses and Aaron were not afraid. They told the king, the Lord our God has sent us to you again. Moses told Aaron to wave the rod over the river. The water became what? What do you think the water became? I don't know what it is. What? Blood. It became blood, right. Soon all the fish died and a terrible odor filled the air. Aaron stretched his rod toward the waters and streams of Egypt and the water became blood. Pharaoh's magicians bought him water in a stone jar and turned the water to blood. Then the king returned to his palace. The Egyptians were alarmed. Nowhere in all the land could they find a drop of water. So that was the first thing. God said, you don't want to listen. That's fine. We're going to turn all the water to blood. And now they don't have anything to drink, right? Mm -hmm. So do you think the Pharaoh was like, okay, it's, they can nope. go? Nope. No? All right. Well, this is Exodus 7 through 10. A week later, God told Moses and Aaron to say to Pharaoh, let my people go to worship me. When Pharaoh refused again, Aaron did as God commanded. He stretched his rod out to the rivers, lakes, and ponds. Thousands of frogs came hopping out of the water. Frogs were everywhere, in the people's houses and in the palace. They hopped onto beds and into the cooking. When the magicians tried, they too brought frogs out of the water. Could you imagine going in your bed and you're just seeing frogs everywhere? You think that was enough? No. No? Pharaoh was greatly troubled. He had been too stubborn to let anyone know how much he hated the bloody water. Now there were frogs to make him miserable. Finally, he begged Moses and Aaron to ask God to take the frogs away. I will let your people go to sacrifice the Lord, he promised. And Moses asked, when do you want God to destroy the frogs? Pharaoh answered, tomorrow. Moses prayed, and on the next day all the frogs died, except those that were in the river. But Pharaoh got stubborn again and would not let the Israelites go. So God kept his promise, but Pharaoh didn't keep his, right? Kind of like us. Right, exactly. So there was another plague. This time Aaron struck the dust with his rod and the dust became lice and fleas. <laughs> <laughs> when the magicians tried, they could not do this. They told Pharaoh, this is the work of God. Still, Pharaoh would not listen. One morning when Pharaoh walked along the river, God sent Moses and Aaron to him. Because you will not let Israel go, they said, tomorrow God will send another plague. Great swarms of flies will fill your palace and the houses of the Egyptians. Everywhere you go, flies will bother you. But there will be no flies in the houses of the Israelites. When the swarms of flies came, Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron again. Tell your people to sacrifice to their God in Goshen, he said. Moses replied, that will not do. If the Egyptians see us offering sacrifices to God, they will kill us. Because the Egyptians believed oxen were sacred, they would be very angry if they saw the Israelites kill oxen and sacrifice to God. When Moses refused Pharaoh's offer, the king said, I will let them go to the wilderness, only do not take them far away. Moses answered, we must go three days' journey, and you must not break your promise. But when the flies were gone, Pharaoh grew stubborn again and refused to let the Israelites go. How many times is this now he's promised? Probably four. This is the second time. The next plague was a cattle disease. Many cattle died of it. And then Pharaoh became alarmed. He sent a messenger to Goshen. He learned that the Israelites' cattle were all alive and well, even after this Pharaoh did not let the Israelites go. So all of, they were the ones suffering, right? The Egyptians and the Israelites, God was protecting them. And still the Pharaoh refused. God kept telling Moses what to do next. This time Moses sprinkled a handful of dust in the before Pharaoh. Painful boils broke out on all the Egyptians. The magicians had so many boils, they could not come to Pharaoh. Still the king would not obey God. Do you know what boils are? Like little bumps that kind of like pimples. Right, on your skin, right, and they're painful. Then Moses said, tomorrow there will be a great hailstorm. Get your cattle out of the field and have the people stay in their houses if they don't want to be killed. Think about us. We had hail yesterday, right? That was huge. How did it sound on the house? Like yeah, like golf ball. I mean, there was pictures people were showing. Some of this hail was the size of a baseball. So, yeah, baseballs are bigger. So imagine that hail, God sending all this hail to come and telling everybody, 
get inside. Some of the Egyptians believed Moses and hurried to their homes. Others did not listen to the warning and stayed in the fields. When the sky grew black and the thunder roared, the Egyptians were afraid. They had never heard thunder or seen lightning before. So this was the first time they'd ever seen thunder and lightning. You know that big storm we had yesterday? Imagine never seeing that and then seeing it for the first time. How would you feel? Scared, right? Hailstones began to fall as fast as raindrops and the lightning ran like fire along the ground. In the fields, every living thing was killed, but no storm came to Goshen. Pharaoh was frightened. He called loudly to Moses and Aaron. I have sinned. I and my people are wicked. He promised that the Israelites could go at once if God would stop the great storm. Moses answered, I will spread out my hands towards heaven as soon as I am outside of the city and the storm will stop. Then you will know the earth belongs to God. But I know that you and your people do not yet fear the Lord God. When the storm had passed, Pharaoh looked out upon the bright sunshine and his heart grew stubborn again. He was not willing to obey God. This is the third time now he's promised. And God kept his promise. Well, just wait, it gets better. The hailstorm had destroyed all the growing crops, but the wheat and spelt were unharmed because there was none had spread. The next plague, God told Moses, would be locusts. They would eat every green thing above the ground. When the Egyptians heard this, they hurried to Pharaoh and said, How long are you going to let these men bother us? Let the Israelites go worship the gods. So Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and asked, Whom do you intend to take with you to worship God? Moses replied, we'll take all of our people, our flocks and herds. Take only your men and let them sacrifice, Pharaoh said, and sent Moses and Aaron away. When Moses left the palace, the Lord said, stretch out your hand for the locusts to come. Moses obeyed. An east wind began to blow. All day and all night it blew. In the morning, a great cloud of locusts appeared in the sky. It covered all of Egypt, except for the land of Goshen, where the Israelites were. What are locusts, you know? They're like big crickets. Yeah. Creepy, right? Like, could you imagine just, like we had the hail yesterday, imagine all the ground was just covered in these bugs. And they ate all the crops, right? Did they eat you? They probably bit the people. Again, Pharaoh was afraid. Hurriedly, he sent for Moses and Aaron. I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you, he said. Now forgive me. Pray that God will take these locusts away, or I and my people will die. When Moses prayed, the Lord sent a strong west wind, and the locusts were blown into the Red Sea and drowned. But again, Pharaoh hardened his heart. Now this is how many times now? Fourth time. Fourth time. God told Moses to stretch his hand toward heaven, and a great darkness would come upon the land. And so it was. For three days there was no light, no daylight, and no starlight. Could you imagine just pitch black, not seeing the sun for three days, no stars, no moon? How? What would we do? Sit in your house. Sit in your house, right? I mean, well, they didn't have electricity and things like we have now. They had to use sandal. uh, no, not sandals. Candles. Yeah, they, they probably did, right? <coughs> but could you imagine not seeing the sun for that long? Pharaoh sent the last time for Moses and Aaron. He said, I will let all the people go, but they must not take their flocks and herds. Moses answered boldly, we'll take everything we have when we go to serve our God. How angry Pharaoh was. He shouted, get out of my sight. And if I ever see your face again, I will kill you. Bravely, Moses answered, it will be just as you say, for you will never see my face again. But know this, God will send one more terrible plague upon you and your people. Then the Israelites will leave your land. And do you know what this was? This is when we talk about the Passover. Okay. So this is going to be in Exodus 11 through 13. And it talks about the death angel. Can you guess what's going to happen? Yeah. Not all of them. A terrible sickness. A disease. And we're going to find out. Okay, so let's find out what happens. It was the evening in the land of Goshen and across the barren fields of Egypt. Everything had grown quiet around the walls and buildings where the Israelites had worked. Never again would the men return to do their jobs. This time had come for them to leave Egypt. God told Moses that Pharaoh would send the Israelites out of the land after this last plague. Tell the people to get ready to leave quickly, the Lord said. 
for they must start as soon as Pharaoh's messenger comes. The Israelites believed now that God had sent Moses to help them. They obeyed him as a man of God. For many years, they had been slaves and owned no money. Now, at God's command, Moses told the people, Ask your Egyptian neighbors for jewels of silver and gold. And the Egyptians opened their treasure boxes to the Israelites. Tonight at midnight, Moses said, God will send an angel through the land. The angel will enter every house that does not have blood on the door. The oldest child in that home will die. Moses told the Israelites to kill a lamb for each family and sprinkle their door frames with blood. Then roast the lamb and cook vegetables with it for a midnight supper. When the death angel passes over the land, you must be dressed and ready to start on your journey. Eat your supper standing around the table. So he was saying, be ready, because when this messenger comes, you need to leave at that moment. No wonder every household in Goshen was very busy. Instead of getting ready for bed, every man, woman, and child was wide awake and excited. They knew they were going to have what? Food. Well, no, not food. What were they going to have? when Freedom. the angel Freedom, exactly. Yeah. They couldn't wait. They were slaves. All the boys and girls helped gather the cattle from the pasture lands or ran errands for their parents. Every father killed a lamb and sprinkled blood on the doorframe of his house. Every mother prepared vegetables to cook for the midnight supper. The midnight supper was called the Passover because the angel passed over the houses of those who obeyed the command God gave Moses to remind them of this night when God saved them from death. God commanded the Israelites to eat such a supper each year at this time. And that's what today is. It's the start of Passover. No, well, it's like a Thanksgiving. You're thanking God. But now the Egyptians had not sprinkled blood on their door frames or prepared a midnight meal. Every one of them had gone to bed as usual, expecting to sleep all night. But at midnight, all were awakened, even Pharaoh. He hurried to the bedside of his oldest son and found him dead. dead. Pharaoh cried aloud. In every Egyptian home, there was that same sad cry. At once, Pharaoh sent a swift messenger to Moses and Aaron at Goshen. They were all awake and ready to start on their journey. Pharaoh wants you all to leave Goshen at once, the messenger said. He demands that you take everything with you, just as you have said. Do not leave anything behind. The Egyptians, too, sent messengers to Goshen. They wanted the Israelites to go out of the land quickly. We shall all die if you stay here any longer, they said. And the Israelites started out of Goshen, like a great army. 600,000 men with their wives and children marched out of Egypt. With them were their flocks and herds. So it says 600,000 men. Okay. And then they also had wives and children. So that was probably over a million people all fleeing this land, right? The women had mixed dough in pans for bread, but had not put leaven or yeast in it. When they stopped to eat, they baked the dough over coals of fire. Such bread was called unleavened bread. One week every year thereafter, the Israelites ate bread without leaven in it. This week was celebrated as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Among the things the Israelites carried out of Egypt was Joseph's coffin. Before he died, Joseph was requested, When you leave Egypt, take my body with you and bury it in Canaan. So now do you know what? Passover is? What did he say at the end? Who died? Joseph. <coughs> because remember, Joseph, remember what the... Passover was the angel coming to like the three of the houses. Right. But she's asking about Joseph because it says in the end, the Israelites carried out of Egypt Joseph's coffin. Remember, Joseph was the one with the brothers who sold him into slavery. And he's the one that had the dreams and he told the Pharaoh, remember? So Moses made sure to carry his body out with the coffin and bury it in Canaan, because he didn't want to be left there. That wasn't his home. So, yes, Passover is when the angel of death passed over all the homes. And this was the final straw. God had said, this is it. This will force the people to be free, right? Because he knew that killing somebody, killing, you know, the Pharaoh's son and all the other no, Egyptians, that was, that was it. God gave him plenty of chances, just like he gives us, right? And sometimes, you know, God will tell us over and over not to do something and we don't listen. And then something bad might happen. But that's a lesson. And, and the same thing happened here. You know, with the Pharaoh, he he kept promising, God, if you stop this, I'll let your people go. And how many times 
Did he promise? Five times. Five times before the, finally he had to give in because he, the Pharaoh knew, you know, that God was serious. And, you know, maybe at that point he believed that God was who he said he was, right? And so when we talk about the unleavened bread, um, that means it has no yeast, so it's not going to rise, right? It's kind of a flatbread. So every year during this time for that whole week, um, you know, a lot of the Jewish people and even some of us here will make the unleavened bread as a remembrance of what the people went through. Um, and when they were, you know, traveling, they were, you know, getting out of, you know, we call it the exodus. They were exiting uh, Egypt. They needed to be able to eat something. So they were able to make bread without the yeast. And that's what they would have. And like the, the book had said that, um, you know, they could bake it over fire. You know, it was something quick, something easy, but it was enough to keep them nourished so that they can continue on their journey. So tonight, after we get off here, we're going to try making some unleavened bread. What do you guys think about that? Do you like that idea? Well, this is from the Bible. This is the Bible storybook that I read that out of, but this is an Exodus. So if we have our Bibles. I think yours is upstairs. Um, we're going to read this later tonight, chapter 12. And it talks about, you know, everything we just learned there. Um, and so this was this was the way that God was setting his people free from slavery. And it's kind of, you know, how we talk about like today, how, you know, we've got all of the, the people, the evil people in the world, and they want to keep us like slaves, right? And so we turn to God and we, we keep praying to him and ask him to to help us get free from all this, right? Mm -hmm. Are they both asleep? Well, two of the four, we went skating today, so <laughs> they're exhausted. Annie, come on over here, bud. So we're going to talk a little bit just about, um, you know, what, what do we have coming up? What's on Sunday? Yes, it's Easter. And what is Easter all about? Do we know the, the meaning? Right. So we're going to be... 6 a.m.? 7. Didn't we get up at 6 last time for the church? No. It wasn't 6? No, I think it's just regular time. But if it is an hour earlier, that's okay. It's a special day to remember Jesus rising from the dead, right? That's why we, we are saved. Because of that, we have God's grace. He sent his son to die for us and for our sins. Right? So, what's going on with you, Caden? How are you? Did You didn't go skating today. Didn't. No. Didn't have any socks on. <laughs> no socks. Yeah. So, what, what's been happening with the birds out there? Have you noticed anything out there? I think they're slowly starting to build a nest, I think. You think so? Mm -hmm. So, what have you noticed? You've been kind of paying attention out there. and Yeah, the board's been messaging Papa. So what excited. have we seen out there? The other day we saw, um, how many birds were in that birdhouse? Um, three or four. Yeah, and what kind of birds were they? It's the house sparrows. Right. And did you say you saw them carrying stuff in there? Like the, yeah, they saw like twigs and leaves. So what do you think they're doing? Um, I think they're building a nest. Yeah. When do they normally lay their eggs, do you know? Uh, I think it's around March and June. Do they March hatch? No, like when they are, I think when they lay them. March and they, June? March through June. Oh, okay. And how many do they lay at one time? Do you know? It kind of depends. Like some of them can lay up to like five or six eggs. At one time? I guess so. Oh my goodness. That's a lot of them to take care of. That's more kids than you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, that's a lot. I can't imagine having them all at the same time. And so what do they feed them when they're just oh, fresh babies? Like, um, uh, insects. yeah, insects. They'll feed them insects, um, tiny little seeds, I'm sure, like little worms. It's always the father. He's always going out there because the mom's got to protect the, the chicks. 
Oh. Well, yesterday we had a really good swarm, right? And there was a lot of worms in the backyard. All the robins, they would come back in the backyard. I saw worms. worms again. You saw a worm? What, where? Um, you know, under um, my toy for, um, it was like this blue ball and I lifted it up and then this one worm would just... Did you pick it up? No. No? No, I wouldn't do that. You want to pick up a worm? Those are so no. slippery and it slimy. Would've, yeah. It would have built like a worm. Would you pick up one then? I picked up one before. I had to dissect a worm when I was in. Yeah, when there's I was probably in isn't much in it though. Honestly, no. Well, they were bigger worms, but I just remember the smell. It was really not good. That's the worst part. Yeah, of it. But you got to see all the insides, which is really cool. Like you guys dissected those little humans that we had, those little plastic bodies. Yeah, but when you actually dissect, the liver is the largest. Um, well, the large intestine, the, the intestine, I think it's the small the intestines is long, the longest. Small intestine is the longest? Yeah. And so what does worms eat? Worms poop. Oh, <laughs> really? Dirt. <laughs> That's what worms eat? Oh my goodness. The in, do they eat insects? I don't know. Maybe they tiny little bugs. Like, maybe tiny little bugs. Worms do? Maybe. I don't know. I'm glad I don't see the squirrel yeah, anymore. There's this one animal that looks like a worm. <coughs> one animal that looks like a worm, and I'm pretty sure how it eats. Like, it will spray something out, and it'll kind of look like vines. Like, if you put a pen on, like, a paper towel, and how it just spreads. It, like, bleeds through? Yes. It's like that, and that's how they eat. Oh, a worm? It's some type of animal. It looks like a worm. Oh, we're going to have to find that. That was no, like that. Oh, I'm not figuring that out. <laughs> well, that, look at God created everything, right? And he created everything. I feel like some of the things he accidentally created. No, I don't <sighs> think nothing was by accident. This was God's beautiful creation. Yes. Even though I don't want to touch. I had to make spiders. Well, spiders have a job too. They, they eat the eat, um, invasive species like flies. They right. eat um, gnats. Plus, yeah, yes. flies are pests. Yes, they what are. What about wasps? Yeah, they purpose? they've got a purpose too. Yeah, Did you ever see spiders? They eat everything. Did you ever see that video that um, Dad was showing us about how all the wasps will attack that one? Yes. The hornet. The hornet. The hornet. Right. Got, because the hornet is like three times the size of a wasp. It's like big, big. And so they have one wasp just sacrificed. Like the hornet itself, is probably right? the size of your palm. Like, you know, yeah, it's huge. Hornet. And, and the, what they'll do is, oh lord. So apparently, what the wasp will do, if like in their like their colony, their nest, is that when the hornet comes in, they'll all come all around it, supposedly. You know, like go, like surround it, like like swarm it. Like, as if wasps were to do to you. But this is, like, not the kind of swarm you think. Like, they just topple on top of this thing. Use Like, they buzz around because they're using their body heat. And this is going to sound crazy. They're going to use their body heat to literally melt the skin. Like, the whole, like, hornet. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just something, like, like their heat in their body that, like, just kills off the... Right, when the hornet reaches, it can only... You know, absorb like so much heat temperature, right? And so when the wasps come around, they create their body temperature. I think could be like two degrees higher. So they literally will smother this uh, hornet, and they will melt it, like you said. It'll overheat like its an body. ice cube. Yeah, it's so interesting to watch it. And think about that. Like, how would these little wasps know to do that? It's yeah. just their instinct because God created their instinct. Exactly. Just like birds knowing how to build a nest. How how would they figure that out? It's because of their own instinct. Like they just know how to do that. That's absolutely right. I mean, we all have a purpose here, right? And our purpose to another animal may seem ridiculous. Like you think, well, why do we need spiders? Or why do we need bees? Or, you know, whatever. But we had talked about our garden. We're getting our garden. We're going to start planting. And we're going to have... Um, all of these different types of plants, right? And we want to attract 
the different kind of animals. Hummingbirds, wasps, bees, butterflies. Right. And what do they do for us? What do they do for our garden? The bees, they um they produce um I think honey or something like what do they do? Like they right. pollinate. Right, they pollinate. That's exactly it. So where do they get the pollen from? From the flowers. Right. So, and then they'll spread it, you know, and they'll help. We're helping nature out by planting flowers. <laughs> we're helping them so they can help us. And then, exactly. yes, they honey, right? And what else? Um, well, pollen. What are some other pollinators? Um, do flowers pollinate? Well, yeah, they, they create the pollen for the pollinators. Who carries the pollen? The bees. They the carry it. Bees and butterflies, too, don't they? Oh, yeah, the butterflies. And think about birds. You know, they'll go and eat some seeds. Yeah, hummingbirds. Those are connected. So, um, and then, too, if you plant, I was reading, like, marigolds around some yeah. of your plants, it'll help keep the pests away from your actual plants. So, it, it's all a cycle, right? We call it the cycle of life. And, um, you know, uh, the bees were almost extinct, and so... They were telling people that they needed to start slow planting. down. Well, no, we needed to plant more flowers for them to pollinate because they were going to go extinct. And did you know that each bee in each area creates a different kind of honey? And the honey, wherever you live, you should eat the honey that's in your area because it will help with your allergies. Mm. The different types of allergies. I've heard of that have. somewhere before. Yeah. Honey helps you with your allergies. It does. It really does. It's good for a lot of, you know, different What's elements. in it that helps you? Like, what's the nutrients? Just the nutrients and the vitamins that's in it. Um, and there's just, um, you know, so like when I was moving around with your dad when we went to Texas, there was different kind of plants and things that I wasn't used to. So they would say, eat the honey that's, you know, from that area and it will help your allergies with, um, you know, coughing and all that kind of stuff. So, and a lot of times people will put honey in their tea. Right? Isn't that like, a, they also have like a, like a, a medicine with honey? Right, yeah. There's cough drops you can get with honey. Um, you can have like uh, cough drops and cough medicine. There was actually a website that uh, Catherine and I, we both bought some honey stuff off of. Um, but that's supposed to be really good for you. There's a lot of natural stuff. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be... And the birds help out too because they always drop the seeds on the floor whenever yes. I have my feeder. Those are such messy birds. We but, need to plant some sunflowers. I think sunflowers would be good for them, right? They're and like then, farmers. They plant their own kind of seeds. Well, exactly. That's just it. Yes. Because they spill all the seeds because they there's something about like um they'll like like throw out the seeds that they don't they don't like. Right. Well, you look at we've got this bird feeder um it's suction cup to the window so we can watch the birds eat. And what are those birds that are always doing? The sparrows. sparrows. The house sparrows. And the chickadees sometimes they'll come. I don't think I've seen a chickadee. Anymore. I've seen one. But you can watch them. You can, you know, I'm in the kitchen and I'm doing it's for the, the small birds, cooking. not the big black birds. Right. No, right. they'll well, no, tip the whole thing down. But you can watch them and you watch how they eat. And they'll just, they'll pack at these seeds and they'll take the shell off and just eat the seed. And then you just see all this stuff flying everywhere. So yeah. wherever that bird feeder is, I'm sure... We're going to start having some wildflowers down there because they're dropping all the, the extra stuff. The seeds, yep. What was it you were talking about with Papa yesterday, how you guys watched the one bird and it just got one seed? There was the chickadee, yes. Um, We were laughing because he took the one seed. That's what they do. The chickadees, their instinct is like they um they grab a seed and they take it like they'll like fly to a tree and they'll just peck at it and just open up the seed and get the nutrients inside the seed. And then they got to come back for another. Yep, it's they constantly do that. They keep on coming back, back and forth. Back Is it because they're so little, or I guess so? It just like they're just that's the way they eat. And the sparrows, however, they're just messy birds. They'll just swallow yes. the whole seed down their throat. Well, I've noticed that with wherever we have the bird feeders, you know, we'll have a bunch of wildflowers underneath there, wild grass, and you know whatever. Uh, is in the mixture of seeds, but that's good too because then they also go down there and they can hide in there, right? So we let the dogs out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got a because sometimes we'll have a squirrel come by the feeder. Oh, and yeah, that we saw the squirrel climb up, right? Yep. He'll climb up on the pole. We thought it was too thin and then he climbed up it. We also got a chipmunk too. He's on the bottom. A chipmunk? Yep. Was he it a chipmunk or a ground vole? Chipmunk. An actual chipmunk? Yep. I've never seen a chipmunk in my time. 
I have. He he loves the seeds because I because they always spill the uh the seeds on the floor. Mm-hmm. That'll attract all the other things, which is not really good because you could attract deers, raccoon. Well, we've got a fence yeah. in our yard, so we do have to look out. With the raccoon? Well, yeah, I've seen a raccoon. We had put the dog dog dish out. Um, and oh goodness, I saw the we have the the light. Uh, what do you call it? Like the detector. It'll go off when it detects something, right? And so um, I looked out the back window to wonder who set the light off. And there was a raccoon out there. We had put the dog dish out for whatever. They were outside or whatever. And so they the raccoon it. was eating the dog food out of the dog dish. And Odin was going crazy. And I was like, <laughs> what is going on? Bailey would have killed that little sucker. Uh, Papa said, what about the fox family? Well, so we have a neighbor and they have, not trying to like, uh, make fun of or anything, but they have a really, really messy backyard, and so they probably got like hills of garbage and just wasteful stuff that they don't really even use, and they got a pool. And so we saw me and mom saw a couple mom foxes. And mom and I saw a couple foxes um by there, like in that hill of garbage. And so I we saw a mama fox, and we saw. That was about like what five little t- cubs. Yeah, it was four. Four, and they just—I just loved watching them kind of squeeze through the fence. They were so cute. Though. They were. I didn't want to let the dogs out because Bela, she could have, she would have barked at them. And she could have killed the foxes. And they were seriously just the cutest little things. I've never actually seen a fox. Oh, where we live, um, the mascot for the schools are foxes. Where the Yorkville foxes. And so I, you know, I just thought that's so odd, you know, a fox of all the animals. Well, I guess foxes are like really common around here, but we had never seen any. And then the other day, uh, Bela, I think she was whining, and I was like, "What is? What's she whining at?" And we looked, and there they were, just four little foxes, just rolling around and play fighting, Aww. and they were just adorable. And then the mom fox came, and she was like a beautiful burnt orange color. Oh yeah. And I've never seen her. She was small, too, though, to be fair. Well, Foxes yeah, were pretty small, like, the size of Bela, probably a little bit smaller, honestly. Yeah. Well, you had said the night before, or a couple nights before, when Papa was in that you thought you saw a fox. And I was like, no, there'd be no foxes around here. But there were, and there was a whole bunch. So the one must have got lost or something, and then they all decided to come back and play. No, it was, like, the mama fox I saw. Oh, I, it wasn't it was the, the cubs. Mom. It wasn't the cubs. I think she may have brought the cubs over there. Oh, you think she was looking for like a refuge or? Yeah, something like to like a little hideout because of the trash. I think it was because of like it was trash day or something and they had all the trash. <laughs> and I just saw it carrying something I'm like, oh, that's a fox. And like yeah. it's carrying something in its mouth. It looks like a bag. Yes, I <laughs> Must have been a food in there. That. Yeah, so she must have been, you know, looking for food. For the feeder cubs, honestly. Because do, do foxes, do they hibernate? I believe so. They actually make burrows. Oh, like underground? Yep, I believe so. So maybe they were coming out of hibernation and looking for food because she must have just had them. They were little, little cubs. Sometimes, like they could go out in the snow, like the Arctic fox. Yeah, well, that wasn't an Arctic fox. I'm not sure. We're gonna have to look up and see what kind of fox that was. Um, but they were just the cutest little things, and I had to warn the neighbors because we were looking it up and. I guess foxes actually carry like rabies. Rabies, right? The, their own breed of rabies or whatever you want to call it. I don't it. think they'd bite you. They'd be afraid of you. Right. But they, you know, they could bite a dog yeah. or, you know, another animal. So if you've got your animal. Well, I don't even there, think that. <laughs> dog I mean, if you have fox. a small dog, you know, like a little, like, you know, the teacup Yorkie <laughs> or, you know, a chihuahua. Or we don't have any of those. Well, we don't. But I was warning the neighbors because. Even though they're cute, you should never, you know, approach them or take them as a pet. No, I'll never do that. Would you want them to live in your room with you? No. What if they bite me? Well, that's just it. Then you wouldn't have well, to get a rabies shot. How about a rabies shot? Oh, that's what I was going to say. Where do they get the rabies from? I'm not sure. That's something we'll have to look at. In their up. blood? I guess. Yeah. And B, what about you? What did you think about those foxes? I never seen them. You didn't see them? No. Oh, you missed out on the foxes. They were really, really cute. Did you see the pictures that I took of them? No? No. You want to tell Papa what you did today at skating? How good you did? 
I was going really fast. I did a little meow. <laughs> yeah, you did really good today. I tripped a little bit. That's okay. You can fall, but you always got back up and you kept going, right? Yeah. Tell Papa you did the race today, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, you were up amongst like teenage boys, so that wasn't fair. I was trying my best. And you did. You did great, B. You, you tried. Should have won the time. Yeah, you should it have. But the, even hard. those guys were fast. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's because they go a lot, I think. And, you know, we're going to be going probably every other week. So you guys will get better, too. And I said, <clears throat> when I was in middle school and high school, I used to have rollerblades. And I would go rollerblade around the subdivision all the time. And I said, I said, we should all get some rollerblades and we'll go to the track and just we'll get better at it. You know? I'd rather stick with the skates. You'd rather stick with the skates? Yes. You like the skates better? Yeah. Okay, that's I, fine. Have you ever tried rollerblades? No. He's never tried the rollerblades. So you say that? Well, well, you only have one line. They have to bounce off. Yeah, that's easier, I think. Well, did you see those two boys? They were out there dancing on their rollerblades. They were skating on well, one leg. Same thing with both. I'm sure you could. Papa was really good at roller skating. And Papa told us a story. Remember, Caden, we were talking about it, about his uncle? What happened with his uncle? Okay, I know what B, happened. B, all right, tell the story. So basically, Papa's, my Papa's uncle, he was um going around, and they left the door open, and then he went right out and <laughs> went to, he just fell right out there. <laughs> you know how they've got the little eggs. <laughs> you know how they've got the exits when you're getting off of the, the um the skating rink, you know? Well Papa said <laughs> that his uncle couldn't stop and so he went right out the door. <laughs> Wouldn't that be you'd be like, oh no. Oh goodness. Oh, that's so funny. When Papa told me that, I I still laugh at that because I could just see one of you guys doing that. I mean, what would you do if you were roller skating and you couldn't stop and you went out the door? What if I try? Oh my goodness. Then turn around. Yeah. He tripped. <laughs> just went right yeah. out the door. <laughs> Left the door open. I just go right in. Just going right out. Try to turn. Can't get myself. Go right out the door. You could just skate home then at that point, right? <laughs> I actually do pretty good job because I know how to go really fast. Yes, you do. You're doing really good now. I haven't been roller skating in years. <clears throat> but it. I know, but Finny, she doesn't want to roller skate, so I can't just leave her by herself. Caden, you can be out there. Yeah, well, Caden, he's going to be skating, too. He just didn't have socks today. But Caden does really good, too. And it's good exercise. There's one, um, so on Wednesdays, they've got two hours set aside just for the homeschool families. And so, you know, there's always, like, the same group of kids that come. Um, and the one boy, his name is Shane. Um, the mom said that he had lost five pounds just since they've been roller skating. So, I mean, you think about it, you're using all of your muscles, right? When you're roller skating, B, you move your arms when you're going, right? To kind of pick up some momentum, some speed, your legs. First, first thing I do is I just stand there, I push one leg, push another, and I start getting like my, my, my hands moving. Mm-hmm. And that's when I just start going down like I do like this and I keep on like pushing down that's how I yeah. go really fast. Yeah and you pick up some speed and sometimes I'm afraid you're gonna go right out the door. <laughs> if I do I'm gonna be ashamed of myself. Oh that's okay. We're just kidding. I don't even think there's a door where you could go out where Yes you could. No. Right there. There is. I'm not lying. Well don't let's not ever try that though. Oh goodness. Mm-hmm. You have to take off your skates for you to go outside. Well, yeah, but if the door's open and you're skating and you can't stop, you don't take your skates off, right? Exactly. You just go right out the door with your <laughs> skates on. Oh, okay. So, what did you learn today about the what is unleavened bread? What is that? What does that mean? It's we have bread. Mm-hmm. 
but not rice. Very good. So leaven is another word for yeast. You know how when um, we'll make like little biscuits or things like that, we have to put in some something to make it rise, baking powder or yeast or something. Um, this means that there's none of that, so it won't rise up real big. Right, Kaden? And what was the Passover? What happened? The Passover is it was the death angel that gave it the the roof and all that because it was the uh, the final like plague or something like the final right. And why did God send that? Because Pharaoh kept on he wouldn't listen to God, mm -hmm. like they had like they um he promised multiple times, and he just still wouldn't let the Israelites go. So God had no choice but to punish him the worst way possible. He, what did he send? What was the first thing that he sent? Um. What was the, so he sent blood, right? The water. The he turned the water to blood. And then he did the. I think he sent the uh, the frogs, the right? The frogs, right? Then he sent the the um the locusts. No, the the lice. The lice. Right, and the fleas. And then he sent the locusts. And then he sent the locusts. And, and then it was the the death angel. And how did the death angel know who were the Israelites and who weren't? Because he was a signal from God. No, what did they have to put over the door? Oh, that's door? right. Um, like they had a they had to flee right right away, right as the um the death angel came into uh uh Egypt. No, they remember they put the red mark over their door. They had to mark it with the lamb's blood, right? And when the angel came, he would see oh. that they had the mark over the door, so he knew not to take the firstborn of that house, right? So That's the right. death angel passed over those houses, which had the mark, right? They had to use the lamb's blood, and then they had a late night meal, right? All right, so when we sign off of here, we're going to go make some unleavened bread, and then maybe next we can talk about what it tasted like. And I've got a recipe here that I'll share um, on the Telegram channel. Um, I've never made unleavened bread before, or not this well, recipe. Good. Yeah, well, you like to help mom bake bread, right, Bea? You're the head chef today? Do not tell them about cupcakes. Oh, goodness, that poor cake. Yeah, we'll talk about that another day. Um, but it says, here's a recipe for unleavened bread you can make almost exclusively with items from your food storage. So these ingredients include three cups of all-purpose flour, half cup of whole egg powder, which we don't have. We're going to have to find a substitute for that. Um, a half cup of powdered whey milk, a half a teaspoon iodized salt, two tablespoons butter, and then water for rehydration, warm if possible. So, oh, Chris, okay, this is from, all right. So a half cup of whole egg powder is probably a whole egg or a couple eggs. We'll have to look up that. But, um, so if you're cooking in an oven, preheat oven to 375 and grease a baking sheet. If cooking over an open fire, build your fire and let the flame burn down to embers. This can take up to two hours. Then cook over a skillet. We'll have to try that. We'll have to make a fire outside in the fire pit, and we'll try to make bread on that and see what happens. I feel like we're old. We're old? You mean doing things like yeah. the old way? Yeah. Well, I think that would be really cool. Maybe next Passover we could do that. We'll, um, we'll get the fire pit going, and we'll try to make some bread over that once we get the recipe down. So, yeah. So are you guys ready to go make some bread? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, Kaden, do you want to do a prayer or do you want mom to do it? Okay. B, do you want to say a prayer? No? Okay. All right. Well, if you would, just please bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for um, just everything that you've given us, Lord, for, for, all, for the Bible, for, for the stories that uh, we have to teach our children and the many lessons that we can learn, Lord. Uh, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, who was the ultimate sacrifice for us and all of our sins, Lord. Um, we know that we are sinful people, and we just ask that you forgive our sins, Lord, and that you be with us and you guide us um, as we 
you know, struggle through this life sometimes. Um, we don't always have the answers, Lord, so help us press into you and turn to you in our times of trouble, Lord. Even when it feels like we're being enslaved by, by our government, by just this world, by sin, um, we, we know that through you, Lord, all things are truly possible. And we truly do thank you for, for the grace that you've given us, Lord, when we may not deserve it at times. Um, but we thank you for that grace and, and for that gift, that gift of everlasting life with you and your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. We know that your son will be returning someday. And until then, we're going to continue doing all that we can to prepare, to help others prepare, um, just like they did during the Passover, Lord. Let us always remember um, the sacrifices that were made, um, especially your son, Jesus, who sacrificed his life for ours. Um, just continue guiding us, Lord, and giving us the courage and the knowledge to share with others, Lord. And we pray, even for our enemies, that they too can find your love and your grace as we have, Lord. Um, again, we thank you for sending us your only son and for all the other many blessings that we have. Uh, we ask that you just be with those who are struggling, Lord, whether it be mentally or physically, um, people who are sick, who are dealing with cancer or just depression, anxiety, things like that, Lord. Just be with them and heal them. Um, and we pray for Sharon, Lord, as she's still um, dealing with the heartache of losing her daughter and having to raise her three teenage grandchildren, Lord. Give her the courage to make it through and the strength uh, during these hard times, Lord. And for all those broken prayers that are out there, Lord, you know them. Um, just we ask that you place your hedge of protection around all of us and continue guiding us on this path. Um, in your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. This was such a great lesson, you know, for the kids to learn. And, um, you know, it was a good refresher for me. I remember learning about the Passover in school. And, and now that I'm older, I actually understand, you know, the whole purpose of, of the Passover and why it was so important. Um, and, you know, they say that the meaning for the unleavened bread um, is symbolic for the Israelites' journey from the Exodus. Um, and it's commemorated with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that's why so many people will celebrate with having the unleavened bread. Um, it's symbolic of sin and how sin spreads throughout its host, just like um, yeast does. It affects the entire organism. Even just a small amount of leaven is enough to um, just completely change an entire lump of dough. Um, it's like a small sin, you know, will affect an entire church or an entire person's life. You know, we are sinful by nature. We are born with sin. Um, and so... When you take out the leaven, you're taking out the sin, just like Jesus Christ. You know, he took the sin away from us. So um, you can learn about that, too, in Galatians 5, 5, 9. It talks about that. <clears throat> but, um, again, thank you all so very much for, for joining us. And I hope you all learned um, a little something um, about the Passover and why it's so important. Yeah. Um, thanks for teaching me that. Well, you're welcome. It's so important. That's why. You know, it's so important with homeschooling. We can teach you these kinds of things that you won't learn in school. And you see how important it truly is, that, you know, our history and um, why, you know, the slaves, the Israelites, they have been through so much. And, you know, God has always pulled them out of their toughest times. And that's why we need to do the same. We need to lean into him during our tough times. Right. And just ask him for that help. And he will answer those prayers. So. That's what we do, right? Yep. All right. Well, we're going to say goodnight to everybody, Caden. We'll see you all. And thank you all so very much for, for listening and for those who will listen later on. Um, if you ever want to be on the show or, you know, you just you want to share some comments, feel free to email us at the castinglotspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and don't forget to listen to all the other shows. There's just a whole line of shows. Nikki's got knickknacks. Um, I think, is that Tuesdays and Thursdays, I want to say? Um, and then we've got Conley's show at 7 o'clock, which he's starting right now. 
He's um Monday through Friday. And we've got, of course, Bards of Rim, um, Bended Knee, uh, Fishers of Men. Oh, it's Monday and Thursday for Knickknacks. Okay, Monday and Thursday for Knickknacks. Um, Cole, he's got his show on Tuesdays. Um, and then Kitty, I think she's back. Kitty Karen, she's back and she does her show. I'm not sure the times for hers. Um, although Nikki, she said she has nothing, no show scheduled for tomorrow morning for Passover observance. Um, and then we've got Kilted Christian. And I think Brother Jack, he's got a show he started. And I know there's talks, other people that are going to be starting shows too. So, you know, there's so many good podcasts out there, you know, so, so much information being shared and so much knowledge and love and hope. And, and that's what this is really all about. So be sure to go follow all them and Mary and Ron too, with their show, which is amazing. They're, you know, all these testimonies that they have from official Godcast. It's just to hear some of these stories, you know, oh goodness. It's just, it's heartbreaking but at the same time it's so bittersweet because you see how they find their way back to god through all of the hardships and, and heartaches so um again thank you all so very much for listening in and we'll have our next show um casting lots on saturday at 10 p.m central time so be sure to tune in for that and you all have a blessed evening and don't forget you know to just take a little time to observe passover and, and all the sacrifices that were made um, for, for our freedom. So thank you all again. I hope you all have a good night and God bless. Bye, Papa. We've lived in life Ever since the formula bottle Decent, sit Everything we knew about our problems And now we're all roaming the land Saying now did this big lie start It's time to put our faith in Him Cause it's gone too far Oh, I believe He died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting their life on line Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Who's gonna take the lead By putting their life on line of Christ washes every sin by the minute the sheep are blind all because their mind is a prison and now they're all roaming the land saying how did this big lie start it's time they put their faith in him cause it's gone too far oh I believe he died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting their life on line Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Who's gonna take the lead By putting their life on line By putting the life on the line. Ooh.
Who's gonna shout the children what is wrong and what is right?